All right, so on Wednesday, um, Gavi spoke on the omnipotence and um, omniscience of God and how um, God knows all things. And I was speaking on um, Christ's work, Christ's finished work, and how God knew all things. And he knew the f that the fall of Adam would take place. And so he sent his all-powerful son to be the propitiation and um, redeem us back to him. So I want to touch up on that. Um, I shared a couple things that I'm going to share again, but um, a couple years ago, I was, we were at a, you know, at a church and I believed that I had to perform in my day to day so that when I am at you know, when Christ comes back and um, we're at the quote-unquote ju judgment seat of Christ, which is the, be the beam of seat, um, I wouldn't be rejected. And that led me into a life of an intense performance. And, you know, that was a terrible experience. But knowing that Christ's work is the only place where we receive peace... Um, it really settles all fears and it really brings peace in. So I'm going to read on that this morning. Um, it's Hebrews 9, uh, 1 through 14, but I'm going to start at verse 9. Hebrews 9, 9 says, um, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices. That could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. So the high priest would um, do sacrifices and all kinds of things, and they would still not per complete or perfect or give peace to his conscience. Verse 10 says, Which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of re Reformation. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So we see the blood of Christ purges our conscience from dead works of the flesh, you know, this performance to serve and um, serve and worship are synonymous words. So uh, true worship is receiving at his feet, um, receiving the word so that we can um, have his life in and as to um, share in part with others. Um, and so there's two, th two important things about Christ's work as being the only resting place for our conscience. And the first one is um, we, we, we can see what Christ has done for us. Um, and we see that he died on the cross, and he reconciled to us, and we also know that Christ 
what Christ is doing for us. He's our advocate and our intercessor, and he lives for us on the throne. He's uh, the one who always intercedes for us. Um, in Romans 8, 34, he ever lived to make an intercession for us. Hebrews seven twenty five and Hebrews 9, 24. He, he is, as we've read in um, Hebrews 9, 12, um, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. So he is the one that um, redeemed us and he reconciled us back to the Father, the one who brought us into the Father's loving embrace as his children. And we see that in Galatians 3.26 and Romans 8.15-17. So by the death of Christ he has made he has met <clears throat> our entire condition as sinners, um, and those that have sin na nature, you know, all of mankind. Um, he bore each and every one of our sins and put them away forever. First Peter three eighteen says, "For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit." And I'm going to read um, Romans 3, 21 through 26. It says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. The Greek word there is hilasterion. It's the place of propitiation. God was the place of propitiation for us on the cross through faith by His blood to, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, verse 26, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of them which believes in Christ. So, you know, Christ was our substitute on the cross. Um, he justifies us, redeems us back. Re redemption um, means to deliver by paying a price. Um, this truth is brought out by three Greek words. The first one means to purchase in the market. And it um, has a thought of a slave mar market. Um, the subjects of redemption are sold under sin, but are also under the sentence of death. And you see that in Romans 7.14, Romans 3.19, Galatians 3.10, and John 3.18 and 19. Um, and the purchase price is the blood of the Redeemer who dies in our place. The second word um means to buy out of the market. The redeemed are never again to be exposed to sell. And the third one is to loose, to set free by paying a price. Exodus 14.30 So we're purchased from, you know, from the market, uh, the slave mar mar market. Um, we're never to be put back into the market and we're set free. Christ pay that price, and the Holy Spirit makes deliverance actual in our experience. So we see um, 
in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have ever et have eternal life. Um, redemption is, is, a, is a complete and holy work of God. Um, we see that redemption is through one person, and we see that again in John 3.16, and also 17, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Um, it was also in Exodus 2, 2, um, Moses in type, and the woman conceived and bore a son. We, we see that redemption is through a person. Um, it's a complete work of God. It's also by his blood that we're redeemed. First, first Peter 1 Peter 1.18-19 says, for, a, as, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but by the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, so it's by, it's a holy work of God, it's by a person, Christ himself, it's by his, his own blood shed on the cross, and it's, it's by um, power, um, God's power. Um, Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So the blood of Christ redeems the believer it redeems all those who believe in him from guilt and the penalty of sin, the effects of sin as well, and the power of the Spirit that delivers us from the dominion of sin. And you just read read that in Romans 8 too. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, so that sin no, no longer has power over us. Although we still have the flesh, we don't have to submit to it because its power is broken. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 2, it says, And you has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So, Evidently, in verse 1, um, we were dead in trespasses and sins, and, and um, now he has quick, quickened us. First Peter 1 Peter 1.8 um, and 19 say the same thing, and I've read that multiple times. But, um, yeah, the, the cross of Christ and how it crucifies the old and pays for the guilt and... Um, you know, redeems the, us from the guilt and penalty of sin. Romans 4, 8 says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And Romans 3, 23 and 25 says, Now it was written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was the delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. And then right into chapter 5, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 2, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, imputation, um, to be imputed, 
Um, it means to put to one's account, reckoned, or counted. Um, and we, we see that through the fall of Adam, sin was imputed to the whole human race. And because the, of the death of Christ, Christ's work on the cross, our sins were imputed to his account and his righteousness imputed to ours. Um, in Romans 5.12 it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, that's what I was just referring to, Ad, through Adam's fall, um, sin entered into the world that was imputed unto us, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Sinned there, it refers to a complete past action. All men sinned when Adam sinned and brought the penalty of physical death upon themselves. By do, doing so, all men inherited the sin nature which is in the blood. That's why Christ's blood was uh, pure. It was different. <clears throat> um, so sin was imputed to us. But thankfully and grac graciously for those that believe sin has been judged by Christ as our substitute in our place. And in exchange, righteousness has been imputed to us. First Corinthians one thirty it says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him to be the sin sacrifice for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Romans 3.22, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So we have the righteousness of, of God. 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. In all these verses, we see that Christ has made unto us right righteousness. And Second Corinthians five twenty one says that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Um, and First Peter two twenty twenty four that we should live unto righteousness. Um, we see our, that our sins have been imputed to him and his righteousness has been imputed to our account. And this basis alone um, is, this is the foundation of our acceptance and standing before him. And we just read it um, from Romans 4 to Romans 5. Romans 3.10, this is important. Romans 3.10, it says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So no one among men are in themselves righteous in God's sight. And therefore an imputed righteousness is the only hope for men on this earth. That's Christ um, take, bearing our sins and exchanging all of he, who he is to us. And uh, Paul wrote in Philippians 3.9, <clears throat> And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And, and he also wrote in Colossians 1.19 through 22, For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell, 
and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether things be in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated, and that goes back to the Ephesians 2.1, 2, how we um, were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked words, by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled us back unto him in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. So Christ being our righteousness, us being placed in Christ is to be fitted for the presence of God. And we see that in Habakkuk 1.13, that Christ cannot even look upon sin. It says, you are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on iniquity. Wherefore, look you upon them that you deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a man. In 1 John 3, 3, it says, And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. So Christ not only was made a sin, a sin offering by his death, giving himself without spot to God. In Hebrews 9, 14, we, we read that as in the beginning, give himself spot without spot to God as our substitute, but he also presented himself without spot as an offering well-pleasing to him. So he provided each one of us who believe in him all that he is an infinite merit and making his merit available to us who had no merit. Um, just as Christ goes to the cross to pay for our sin, he went to the cross to impute the righteousness to us that had none. And we saw that in Romans 3.10 um, that there's no one righteous where we did not have a secure standing or could not secure one, uh, so secure a standing and merit before God, he gave himself and all his perfection for us. And this truth is based on the fact that we're in, located in Christ. Um, again, First uh, Corinthians one thirty and 2 Corinthians 5.21, that we're made righteousness. That, that Christ was made our righteousness and that we might be the righteousness of God in Him. So there it is, the in Him. Um, Hebrews 10, 14 says, For by one offering He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. We are, he's completed us forever, um, for all of eternity, um, past, present, and in the future. In Christ, and we've been taught this um, for years, in Christ is the definition of all Christians. Not although many may not know, you know what in Christ means or um, the truth behind it. They're still in Christ, and this truth is as, as much theirs as it is to those that do know. It doesn't change the fact that they're not in Christ, but it defines us as a people identified with the One Christ, who has, who as a man has entered into the presence of God. We're located in Christ, and Paul talks about this in um, 2 Corinthians 11 or 12. Romans 6.10 says, For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he lives, he lives unto him. In, in, in Christ, it's 
Ed has shared about this in Christ is the language of complete identification. Christ cru- crucified with him on the cross. We see that um, in Romans 6, 1 through 14. Um, crucified with him on the cross in his resurrection was the divine, was the divine declaration of our acceptance with him. Without Christ being resurrected, his resurrection is the proof that our sins are paid for. Um, and therefore, God always sees us in him and in him alone. Um, I want to read um, Romans 6 real quick. A couple of verses. Romans 6 says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? So baptism is always speaking of death. Therefore we are buried with him, raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should no longer serve sin. So sin is rendered powerless, for he that is dead is freed from sin. And we're justified right there. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We are reckoned, and in verse 11, it says, Likewise reckon you yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as weapons of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So we're reckoned, and we are to reckon ourselves as with him dead, buried, so we've been buried, quickened, and risen, and in him seated in heavenly places before the Father, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. His delight in us is his unchangeable delight in his beloved son. Christ always sees us in his son. And therefore, Christ says, because I live, you shall live also. In John 14, 9, um, Christ is always, when Christ sees us, he doesn't see us outside of who he is. Psalm 17, 8 says, keep me as the apple of his eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wing. But God has made us to be everything in Christ to the complete satisfaction of God. In Christ can God's own eye find fault with him who bore our sins and is seated at the right hand of God. Um, and I just want to finish with this. How God has made us to be everything in Christ to the complete satisfaction of God. So where does satisfaction come from? Satisfaction comes from Christ's work. John 4, 34, 19, 30, Christ's work was not a work that had to change God's mind from being just a judge. 
Christ's death had to propitiate and had to satisfy and fulfill his God and Father's justice, integrity, his righteousness, and holy nature and character, so that the Father who is love could love men, could love us with his holy love without violating his justice and integrity. So satisfaction comes from Christ's work on the cross, and, and satisfaction gives us, it brings us peace. Our peace rests on the only foundation where God is resting. And our peace is based upon the glorious truth that God is not only satisfied as to the entire question of our sins, but He is also glorified about it. We will never experience the peace that is ours by looking at anything in or about ourselves. We will not experience the peace of God that's ours by self-evaluation. As someone has said, that's a very miserable work. It's only by the work and the finished work of Christ on the cross. So, God, we thank you this, mo this morning for um, this truth on identity, on being placed in you, the redemptive blood, and how you reconciled us back unto you, Lord. What an amazing truth it is to know that we're bought back and we're never to go back into the slave market and we're set free forever, Lord, and to serve you. We thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.